Hey, LaGrange. I'm Earl Gordon Barnett, and you're listening to the only podcast about LaGrange, Georgia. If you're just discovering the show, feel free to go back to the archive and look through the list of guests I've interviewed. Some standouts are local people of notoriety. Dale Jackson, Judge Marquette Baker, local chef Joy Sato, local entrepreneur Curtis Brown Jr., and I suggest listening to my first episode as a bit of primer on the show to get a feel for what I'm attempting to do here with it. This week's interview is straight from the heart. This week, I interview Anthony Talley, Mr. $1 Thursday, Mr. Get Fed with his partner, and one-fourth United Leaders of Georgia. He stays busy. He just finished handing out 1,400 preloaded backpacks full of school supplies for free with AGAOC at Hope Academy over the weekend. The backpacks went in a little over two hours. We sat down and talked for about an hour on Thursday. Our conversation went from what $1 Thursday is, his time at Charlie Joseph's, his concept of level up that he's popularized, and a variety of other topics. The man's story is truly inspirational. I know I was moved, and I hope that you will be too. Okay, I'm here with Mr. Anthony Talley, local community organizer. How are you doing today? Doing great, how about yourself? I'm doing wonderful. Um, we are meeting on Thursday, and it's $1 Thursday, so what's the score up to? Right now we're at $145. Wow. Yeah. All right, can you explain the $1 Thursday program to us? Sure, um, basically it started from just a, a voice. I woke up one morning and it was $1 Thursday and I'm looking around like, okay, God, what are you telling me? And in the midst of me trying to figure this out, I just started typing on Facebook. And before I completed my post, I already had a young lady in mind who actually needed the, the services that I was about to offer. Okay. And I was like, okay, now how am I going to make this happen? Instantly it said, cash out. Ask for a dollar. It's Thursday. Why not? I put it out. And within two minutes of this post being posted, the young lady that was on my mind actually donated $2 in. And I knew her story. I knew the situation was bad. So I thought to myself, okay, God, I get it. And once that happened, it just took off. It's been in play now for over two and a half years. Basically, people, they pay into my cash app. $1 is all I ask. Okay. And once it adds up, I then turn, I go either out into regular neighborhoods, and I know of people that may be down on their luck, bless them with groceries, bless them with a Visa card, just whatever to boost their, their spirits. Mm-hmm. Well, that started to get kind of tricky. So from there, I started paying attention to the school. And I was like, okay, when I was in school, I would have loved to have been a part of the program that motivated me to go to school and do what I needed to do. So from there, I reached out to the different guidance counselors, started getting kids' names that have made good improvements or may have actually even been stuck, like down on their luck. I go in with a pair of sneakers. I go in with Visa cards for them, small card where I write like positive messages in them, and I've just been moving. I've been to hospitals with people that have been sick. One guy in particular, he had lupus. He's had a kidney transplant, heart transplant. I was able to raise over $1,400 for him in less than 24 hours. And the most recent big one, Mm -hmm. and I know he don't mind me mentioning his name, but Mr. David Simpson, our first corona patient here in True County. I was able to raise over $2,000 for him in less than 24 hours. 
and people say, well, why money? I understand money doesn't cure any kind of illness or sickness, but it fills that void. Because you got to think, if you're in a hospital, you're not working, mm -hmm. the bills are still coming. You have people who, that reach out to certain organizations or whatever, but there's a cap. So $1 Thursday, there's no cap. It basically comes through and then it goes right back out. And we can raise as much money as we want to raise. And we can help as many people as we can help. So that's it in a nutshell. Awesome. What is your handle on Cash App? It is dollar sign Anthony Maurice Talley. All right, can you spell that out for me? It's A-N-T-H-O-N-Y-M-A-U-R-I-C-E-T-A-L-L-E-Y. Well, you said you've done it for two years now. Yes. Okay. Um, and you said that you started it based on a Facebook post. Can you tell me more about that? Yes. Well, it actually is funny because it came the day after my partner from Get Fed and I were at the city of LaGrange. And we were trying to solicit a grant. Okay. We were denied. We both were upset about it because we do a lot of community work. And I've always been one that in the community wants to do things, wants to see people doing better, want to see everybody thriving. So I went home and like I said, I was frustrated. And as I went to bed, I guess that took that frustration to sleep with me. When I woke up, I wake up at like three o'clock in the morning because I usually leave and go to the gym. Well, as I'm sitting up on the side of the bed, it hits me. So I just start typing. I'm like, today is Thursday. What better way to bless someone than to sow a seed into their life? And it can only be a dollar. You can do it via Cash App. And the proceeds will go to a deserving person or a person that is in need of some type of assistance. Mm -hmm. Now, that was a reach, me putting it out there. And I mean, I instantly had to download Cash App and everything because I didn't have it. Once I did that, the young lady read the post and she instantly sent $2 in. I didn't tell her what was going on as far as that I was thinking about her. Once she put the $2 in, I just went back to that same post and I was like, first $1 Thursday update. And from there, people started messaging me and they're like, what is $1 Thursday, what is this? And I just started telling them. And they started sowing seeds in. And some people, they were like, no, I'm not gonna give you a dollar. I'm gonna give you $20. I'm gonna give you $50. I'm gonna give you 100. And it just kept piling up. and. I think it was welcomed by people because they knew me prior to all of the service that I do now in the community. Because mm -hmm. I worked at Charlie Joseph's for over 15 years. Okay. Where I met an elderly gentleman. When I first met him, he was probably in his early 70s. We became friends. And from there, he lost his eyesight. And once he lost his eyesight, I was determined to make sure that he was taken care of. So he, he'd get a ride to the place, he'd sit there, he'd eat his food, and he would always get dig in his pocket to pay. And I was like, no, you don't pay for your food, I got you. So from me paying for his food, that turned into a real friendship. He taught me about life lessons, and I asked questions. Well, when I left Charlie Joseph's in 2008, I started at Reverse Power. He was like, what are we gonna do? How am I gonna talk to you? What's the deal? And I was like, I'll stay in touch. So every day on my lunch break, I go visit with him. That turned into, it was one Tuesday. He was like, hey, tomorrow come and check on me early. And I'm like, okay. And I thought it was kind of weird. Well, 
I was in the company truck. I went over, knocked on the door. He never said anything. I went to his bedroom window and knocked. And he's like, hey, I'm in here. Give me a second. I stood outside for over 30 minutes. He never came to the door. So I, I was like, man, what's going on? And he was like, you're going to have to come through the window. And I'm like, really? I go through the window. And when I get in the house, he's laying in the bed. Body's twisted. Colostomy bag was not attached like it should have been. And basically what happened, he had had a stroke. And from there, I told him, I was like, look, you haven't been to a medical doctor in quite some time. He's like, I know it's been over 30 years. Oh. Yeah. So from there, I was like, you got to go to the hospital. He was like, I'll go anywhere you tell me I need to go. That's how much he trusted. Mm -hmm. We get him in the ambulance. I ride in the ambulance with him to the hospital. From there, we talk and I tell him, I'm like, man, you can't go back and live in this house. You're blind and now you're paralyzed on one side. He's like, what do I need to do? I was like, if I could take you to my house, I would. But we both work, so there's no way, you know, that we could take care of you there. We put him in a nursing home. From there, every single day, like clockwork, breakfast, I'm there. Mm -hmm. I go to work, then I take my lunch break. I'm back out there. That turned into me cutting his hair, bringing him food. He would not eat the nursing home food. Clipping toenails, I never thought I'd do that for another man. <laughs> but I kept his hair cut, kept his toenails clipped. And from there, man, he wound up reaching out to me and asking me if I would just be that guy. And I'm like, gotcha. he just wanted me to be that guy. So they kept saying, oh, he won't make it through the night. Oh, he won't do this, he won't do that. He lived in a nurse home for four and a half years. And when he finally decided that he didn't want to be here anymore, he just kind of peacefully left. I took care of the funeral, and he had been a war vet. So, you know, of course, they came in. They did his headstone. They presented me with the flag. Okay. And from there, people knew, the nursing home people, they talked about it because they saw the genuine connection. They saw the love. And after that, man, it was like when I put that out there on Facebook, people gravitated towards it, and they just, they've been holding on to it ever since. That's a great story. That's just one of many, man. <laughs> one of many. Well, tell me some more. Okay, well, back in 2005, no, I'm sorry, 2008, I lost my first child, a little girl. Didn't really know the logistics behind it because at that time I was kind of young. You know, we... We didn't get the answers, so we just kind of picked up the pieces like most families do. I got gotcha. you. We, we did the blame game, you know, that mm -hmm. whole thing. Mm -hmm. And we started moving forward. And in the midst of this now, this is when I'm dealing with my friend. I call him Mr. Crunchy, but his real name is Norris Burton. Okay. So in the midst of that, he kind of kept my mind occupied. As time went on, you know, things got better. We decided we'd try to have another child. This time, we made it to about... Right at six month mark, she woke up in the middle of the night, her water broke. We fly to Columbus, they get her stable, they say if we can hold out seven days, we'll be good. On the sixth day, she had to go to the restroom. They let her go. The baby decided it wanted to come then, and it was another little girl. She lived for about an hour and a half, and she passed. And so now I'm just like, okay, God, I don't understand this. 
I try to do everything right. I think I'm a good husband. I think I'm a good father to my son. And he still didn't give me any answers. So in the midst of doing this, this is the second time I've had to pick out a little dress and do this casket and funeral the whole nine. And I'm like, okay, God, you think more of me than I think of myself because I'm not this strong. Lo and behold, he was telling me, you ain't seen nothing yet because not even six months after we buried my second child, me and my wife separate. She, she said she couldn't do it anymore. So she leaves, and then Mr. Her leave, you know we have a two-income home, mm -hmm. one-income leave, that can be catastrophic. Yeah. I went from having a nice 2008 pickup truck to having a 93 S10 pickup truck because it got repoed. Then I got evicted from the house. Well, not evicted, but foreclosed. I got you. So, in the midst of getting ready to be homeless, me and my son, we were just like, what are we going to do? I went to work like nothing was wrong. And a guy walks up to me. He's like, hey, man, I got some rental property I just invested in. And I'm looking for somebody to rent this particular house. And I'm like, where is it at? And he's like, it's in Pine Mountain. So I'm like, okay, cool. Do you mind if I go look at it? He's like, you got a house. I was like, do you mind if I go look at it? He gave me the keys. I went and looked at it and I'm like, wow. I called him. I was like, I got somebody that want to rent this house. He was like, who? I was like, me. Man, quit playing. You got a house. I'm like, dude, just know I need this house. How much? He gives me the numbers. I start trying to make things happen. Mm -hmm. I get a phone call. My wife, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I want to come home. I miss my family. I look around, I'm like, this is a new beginning. Why not? And this is right around my, I wanna say like my 35th birthday. Okay. I go out against better judgment, really. I went out and bought an SUV, a Volvo SUV. The day that she calls and says she wants to come home, we plan a date and everything, me, her, and my son. We're coming back from Newman. We get to the four way by Diverse Power. They just recently put a light there. Mm -hmm. Young lady runs the light, hits me, T-bones me, spins me out of control, tows the car out. Believe it or not, we came out without a scratch. So, as we're making our way back home, my son, he, he leans on me and says, do you think you might have moved too fast on all of this? Now, he's eight, and he, he can think like that, and I'm like, wow. So, long story short, she comes home, we start talking, two years go by. She starts talking babies again. And I'm like, well, you know the doctor said you can't. And she was like, but I thought you believed in God. And I'm like, I do. We tried, we succeeded. She was bedridden the whole time. I never missed a beat on paying rent, lights, anything. We have a healthy little girl now who is seven. As of January the 30th, she'll be eight. Okay. Um, Everything I lost, I gained back three times fold. The house that I was renting, I bought it in 2016. And life has just been happening. Like I've been just doing like constantly. Every time I say, man, I'm tired, I don't wanna do this. Somebody's trying to get over on me. God says, hey, you don't get to quit. I didn't quit on you. You're not gonna quit on me. And I just been moving, man. Just non-stop moving. Wow. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm glad to hear it all worked out. Yes. So far. Yes. Things are good.
things are good. All right, well, let's get back onto the topics. Yes. Um, so, um, what do you do here in LaGrange? Here in LaGrange, I work at Diverse Power during okay. the day, and it's building and ground maintenance. That's basically anything from electrical, plumbing, to cleaning. Okay. You know, all of the above. And outside of that, I not only am one half of a nonprofit called Get Fed, where we go around, we feed the local communities, homeless, sick and shut in, we fellowship, you know, just anything really. Mm -hmm. And I also am one quarter of a group called United Leaders of Georgia, okay. where we literally march against gun violence and criminal gang activity okay. to try to bring peace. And I am also the sole proprietor of One Dollar Thursday, which is in everybody's home now, because I do it all via Facebook. Mm -hmm. And I just try to be a light here in True County so people can see a better way. Awesome. How long have you done each of those? With Get Fed, it's been, we're coming up on the fifth year now. Okay. One Dollar Thursday, it's been about two and a half years. Yeah. United Leaders of Georgia, it started back at the beginning of summer of last year. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, we covered One Dollar Thursday, but what led you to the United Leaders of Georgia and Get Fed? Okay, well, United Leaders of Georgia, it was basically, during the summer, we kept hearing about gun violence and constant shootings and things of that nature here mm -hmm. in True County. And me and a couple of other guys, we were just writing posts on Facebook about it, just talking. And a lot of like-minded people started to come in underneath the post that I made, and that turned into a group in Messenger. And then we were, all four of us were like, we gotta do something about this. We can't keep just letting it happen. So from there, we were like, let's let's march. It was like, okay, but if we're gonna march and be taken serious, we gotta have a name. We gotta be able to communicate with people so they can come with us. So upon that dialogue, we determined that we call ourselves United Leaders of Georgia. We went through the city, I mean, I'm sorry, through the state to get the little certificate and everything. Mm -hmm. And then we reached out to the city, to the police officers. Marshall McCoy, he was quick to say, hey, I love it. I'll do anything I can to support it. Because, you know, you have to have a police escort. <laughs> you got to get permits to march and things of that nature. That's what brought that on. And as far as get fed, my partner, Quay, he and another guy, they decided to do a feeding one day because he was at work and he said he determined that people needed to be fed. They went and bought 100 pieces of chicken and just went through the neighborhoods passing out chicken. From there, they were like, man, we want to do this again, but we need some help. They reached out to me because the other guy that was involved, we actually grew up next door to each other. From there, you know how things happen when you have a group. Mm -hmm. It dwindled down to two of us. And once he realized who I was, he did a little bit of research. And he's like, man, you've been doing this kind of stuff. I remember you from Charlie Joseph. I remember seeing you in the shoe store. So he was like, this is a good fit. And he and I, we hit it off. We've only been working together for about four and a half, five years. But people see us and think we're brothers because we have such a good rapport with each other. Awesome. Um, so what do you think is unique about you that's helped make you successful? 
the God and his truth is I'm just me. There's nothing unique about me other than the fact that I don't hear no. I don't hear stop. And I don't see me because I understand this place is bigger than me. There's so many elements out here that make this thing work. And the reason what I do has been successful is because the people there, they see that there's a genuine need for it. And they see that there's somebody that's willing to do the work. Anybody can do what I do. But the only difference is after a period of time, it starts to become more about that individual. And I understand God didn't put me here for me to boast and beat my chest because it's not about me. I couldn't do any of this if he didn't wake me up in the morning. If he didn't provide the job that I have, I wouldn't be sitting here. And I feel like the reason it's successful though is because it's authentic. It's genuine, it's not rehearsed. I do a live video every, every Wednesday to talk about $1 Thursday. I never rehearse anything, I never write anything down. I've been asked to come to schools to speak to the youth. I don't, some people say it's crazy, but I don't believe in writing down my thoughts. Mm -hmm. I just go straight into it because I want you to get the real me so you get a better understanding of who I am and what you're dealing with. And I look rough around the edges, you know, the tattoos, the starting of the dreadlocks again, but people still receive me because they see my heart. And I think that's what we lose people sometimes. We put on so much that people don't see our hearts anymore. But with me, I'm an open book. I'm on Facebook every morning trying to shed light on life situations, but I'm also trying to be encouraging and uplifting. And I feel like that's what's keeping people drawn in. They want to see what Anthony's going to do next. And yesterday, after waiting about a month to get the shoes back, I had bought sneakers for a little guy. Finally got them customized and were able to drop them off yesterday. The video didn't do justice on the feel in the room. This little guy, his eyes were full of water. He was trying not to smile because if he smiled, he was gonna push the tears out. And I, I saw the video. Okay, yeah. I mean like this thing, man, I had chills the whole time I was in that house because this little guy, he had just lost his father probably about six months ago. His mom, she's sick with lupus. So the grandmother, she's kind of trying to be a filler and look out for him. And I've always felt like kids, they don't deserve to, to lack. This little guy already lost his dad. His mom is sick. She could leave at any moment, which we all could, but. I got you. It's more real. For, it's more of, a, more of a pressing thing for him. Yes. And you and I both know when you take a child that's eight years old, you remove dad, you remove mom. He starts to feel like, what do I have? We talked to him a little while, you know, and just try to encourage him more. And as we left, we walked outside and we kept the video going. And in the midst of doing that, I felt like it was meant for me to speak a little bit more about that situation. So I put it out there for everybody to understand that it's okay sometimes to be nosy. You know, it's okay for me to get closer to you and say, hey man, what you got going on? How are things? And genuinely mean that. Mm -hmm. And the reason I use the word knows is because I'm in your business. Mm -hmm. But I'm not in your business to take advantage of you. I'm in your business because I know you need somebody to be in your business. You need to talk to someone. Kids, a lot of times they need to talk to people, but they don't realize that until you put it out there for them. 
or they don't think it's okay to talk to you until you show yourself to be that person. Mm-hmm. With this little guy, man, I met him about two and a half years ago. We did a little boys lock-in where we had kids from the age of seven to 18. We spent the night at the Griggs Recreation Center. We educated them on etiquette. We talked to them about life. And then we went downstairs and we played basketball. And this little guy, the whole time, he was just locked around my leg like he was my my little kid, you know. So periodically I pop in and check on him or his mom would call me and say, hey, can you come and talk to Kavion for me? And I remember we did our first march with United Leaders of Georgia. He was there. And he was like, Mr. Anthony, Mr. Anthony, can I do a prayer before we walk? I'm like, sure. He prayed, and I mean, he was on point with his prayer. From there, we started calling him preacher. I didn't know how in tune he was with everything. And they say he's a great little worker in the church. So doing that video, though, it, I think right now it's been viewed over like 500 times or whatever. You know, those type of videos, it takes forever for it to really get the views. Mm -hmm. But those 500 people that saw that video, even if they don't come in, if they don't like it, if they don't share, I know that it did something to them. You know, and that's that's my whole goal Mm -hmm. is to make that that little piercing of the heart. Just all it takes is just a little bit. You may not show me kindness, but you'll be kind to someone else. Yeah, I know I was moved. Hey, and that's the whole gist of it, man. Like, and I show people every day, I'm just me. If I can do this stuff, you can do this stuff. And if we're all doing this, guess what? The world just became a better place. I hate to follow it up with that because that's such a good thing to follow up. That's such a great way to leave it. But what are you good at? <laughs> Actually, this is going to, I don't, I don't want to toot my own horn. Oh, by means. That's what, that's what interviews like this are for. Okay, well. Toot away. I, I cut hair. I'm pretty decent at that. Okay. I do the twist. I mean, I'm, okay. I think I'm decent with that. I'm a father. And I think that's one of the best things that I'm good at. Like, my son, he's 18 now. But even to this day, I can walk in and say, hey, really? Is that what you're going to do? And he'll look at me and be like, what are you talking about? I'm like, you know what you just did. And he'll tell me everything. <laughs> and my little girl, like, she loves me to death. So I, I guess in a nutshell, what I should have said, when you said, what am I good at? I'm just good at being me. I'm good at being the provider. I'm good at being that ear. I'm good at being that shoulder. I'm good at being wherever I need to be when I'm needed. And I'm sorry if that wouldn't have like a drum roll type answer. Oh, you're good. Okay, can you explain the concept of leveling up? Yes. First, let me, before I explain it, let me just... By all means, please. So, leveling up to me came just out of nowhere. And I'm like, wow, I like that saying. That's something new. That's what we all want to do, which is reaching to the top. Mm -hmm. You never really get to the top, but if you're always reaching... I mean, you continue to level. And upon me going and getting tattooed into my arm, okay. my wife called me like two days later. She's like, hey, 
are you sure level up is something that you found and came up with all by yourself? And I'm like, yeah, why? She's like, go to YouTube and type in Sierra. And I'm like, okay, why? She made a song. And I'm like, okay, that's what she does. She sings. No, you need to hear the song. And when I heard it, I was floored because the whole time I've been, since 2017, okay, I've been level up and I didn't trademark it anything it just came after every post i've made it was hashtag level up uh -huh. and i was like you know what it's okay i'll lose this one <laughs> but i'm still gonna say level up because i feel like in life that's what we all need to be doing like you never should get comfortable with being where you're at because there's so much other stuff to do and so many other places to go and me personally leveling up really happened in 2008 when I left. I'm 30 years old in 2008. I left Charlie Joseph. It's a great place to work if you're in high school or early adult. Mm -hmm. You're 30, you have kids, you have a wife, you don't have any benefits. You basically paycheck to paycheck. They dictate when you take vacation, mm -hmm. tell you where to go for vacation. And I'm like, that's not, that's not it. There's more. So when I started working at Diverse Power, the leveling up for me really started happening before I knew it was a real thing. I had benefits. I had a 401k. I had real insurance. Then I started to really notice I'm able to be a football coach. I'm able to go to the baseball game with my son. I'm able to ride bikes with him. I'm able to help him with his homework. And then I started really feeling like this is next level type of stuff. So from there, I started to open my mind up. I went from being hamburger hot dog to doing electrical work, mm -hmm. self-talk. I do car stereo installments. Like I cut hair, I can do plumbing, I can paint, I cut grass, I wash cars. Like, and I'm just like, all of this stuff is leveling up. It's not always about the bank account, mm -hmm. but it's just being better than I was yesterday. And so I tossed it around a lot and I wound up putting it on a t-shirt, level up. Nobody asked me what does level up mean. They just wanted the t-shirt because they thought it was cool. And especially when Sierra started to do it, I had so many people calling me saying, hey man, she stole your stuff, you finna get paid. And I'm like, technically I can't get paid for something I didn't put my name on. I got you. So, after making a couple of t-shirts, I pushed away from that for a little while because I'm like, nobody's trying to figure out what it means. I got to go back to the lab. About a year ago, no, it's probably about seven or eight months ago, I had a young guy named DG reach out to me. He's like, man, tell me about Level Up. And I told him basically what I'm telling you. And he's like, okay. He's like, I would love to do a logo for you. I'm like, okay, cool. Dude, when he sent it back to me, it was simple, but it was so sweet and direct. Basically says level up, but on the, the U, mm -hmm. at the top of it was an arrow. And in between it, it said, on this one it says, the top is near. And that was it, in a nutshell, that right there. And everybody was like, what top are you talking about? I'm like, anything that you do, you're only a step away from the next level if you're doing it the right way. Your podcast, 
who knows, tomorrow you may interview that guy who mm-hmm. has those followers and they want to see it and they see it and they hear it and they're like, oh my God, this is the guy. We want him. I got you. And so, in a nutshell, that is leveling up. Like, me being here today, I just leveled up another notch. Mm-hmm. So I'm grateful for this opportunity. Cool. Last question in this section. What are the best resources that helped you along the way? Best resources that helped me along the way were my upbringing, of course. My parents. They instilled in me and my two brothers that if you don't work, you don't eat. And anything worth having is worth working for. And we grew up in a little area here in True County where it was drug infested. You know, seeing that, I think, helped deter us from doing just that. You know, we have relatives that either were on drugs or they sold drugs. I mean, they even used my grandmother's house at one point as the house to manufacture, Mm -hmm. you know. But I would have to say the resources, though, is, like I said, it's my upbringing. It's the things that I started to open my eyes up to as I started to mature. And being here in True County, you know, resources are kind of limited if you don't get outside of True County or the range. So from time to time, I would get to go on these little weekend trips to West Point. And, you know, and to me, West Point was a world away. But the people there, they were so loving and genuine. And they were all relatives. And it just... It showed me that no matter what you do in life, if you do it to the best of your ability and you always think about somebody else before you think about yourself, it'll work no matter what it is. A lot of people, when I, when I talk about this particular aspect, when they say resources, everybody goes to the money. Mm-hmm. And they say, well, it's called $1 Thursday. If you didn't have money, you couldn't do it. You can still do what I do without having money. Because mm-hmm. all it takes is holding the door for somebody, saying a kind word to somebody, doing that thing that they may not see you do to make things a little bit better for them when they get there. Mm-hmm. So money helps, but that's not everything. The resources that I'm stuck on are my family, my mom, my dad, my kids, my wife. It's like with everything that we've been through, all of that stuff piles together and makes me who I am, you know. When people first heard me say one dollar Thursday, they said, that's not enough money to take care of anything. And then I told them, I said, well, you got to look at it like this on Facebook. I have now over 4,000 friends. If each one of them sold one dollar in, what could that do? That could mm-hmm. do a lot. Now, granted, it had never played out like that, but I'm always thinking that it can. Mm -hmm. So resources to me, they're different. Because like I said, most people, they think resources and they instantly just think money. Mm -hmm. It's time. It's effort. I mean, like, it's just so much and I could talk about that forever. So I'm just going to stop right (laughs) here. (laughs) I'm just going to stop right there. And now a word from our sponsors. Hey, LaGrange has official merch. We're selling a cool coffee mug and a hot tea. And we're even selling a fundraising tee 
to support the LaGrange Food Bank. Check it out at haylagrange.bigcartel.com. That's haylagrange.bigcartel.com. And get you some today. Use code PODCAST for 10% off at checkout. And now back to the show. Okay, LaGrange questions. Well, you imply that you grew up here, but what's the story behind uh, what first brought you to LaGrange? What's the story behind moving here? Well, actually, I was born and bred right here. Okay. My parents, my dad, he's originally from West Point, Georgia, but my mom, she's been here her whole life. Okay. So the stork brought you here? Yes. So what's your favorite story about growing up in LaGrange? Um, my favorite story about growing up here in LaGrange was the weekends, like, at my grandmother's house, because we had so many cousins, and we are all, like, right there together in age. So it would be, like, literally 10 to 15 of us any given Saturday morning, and we'd just be a terror in the street. Like, we'd take <laughs> over the neighborhood. We'd get out in the middle of the street, and we'd play this game with a ball bat, which we didn't have a bat, but we had a tree limb. I gotcha. And we get a little ball, and I, I hope I can say this, but we call it Grandma Hope. <laughs> it's basically, you hit the ball, if it's caught on one bounce, whoever hits it has to come and pitch. Okay. And if you catch it straight out of the air, that person has to go in the outfield. Okay. And we would just shut the street down. Like, we didn't <laughs> care if 18 Willow was coming through there. We wouldn't get out the road. And we literally would play from sun up to sundown. Like, I don't even remember ever eating on that Saturday. <laughs> like, we'd just be outside all day. And it was when times were simpler, man. Like, kids were kids, you know. We argue, we fight. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, we were really fighting. Mm-hmm. And within 30 minutes, the same person you just got to fight with, we back outside playing again. Yeah. I got you. And I was a Hot Wheels kid, so I had all the latest Hot Wheels. If I walked, you hit my pockets and jiggle <laughs> for cars. So when nobody wanted to play softball or anything like that, we'd get over there on the side of the house in the dirt, make little dirt roads, and just lay down in the dirt and just roll cars. And that's that's when it was good. <laughs> so what is your highest point while living in the Grange? All of the connections that I've made over the years. The main one to me, I never, I'm always that guy who says I don't do friends. Okay. But when I met the guy, Norris Burton, I didn't know that we would become so close, like to the point where I literally have his name tattooed across my heart and a doll tag. He taught me more than my grandfathers, which one of my grandfathers I never met. But this man, he, he taught me keys like to life, to be his age, to be single. He outlived everybody in his family. He was afflicted because when he was in his 30s, he was diagnosed with stomach cancer. Okay. They told him he wouldn't survive. He beat that. He had polio. They told him he'd never walk again. He taught himself how to walk again. He lost his eyesight. He wound up being paralyzed. Not one time did he ever complain about anything. He just kept right on going. He cracked jokes. And if I ever said anything that he didn't agree with, he'd say, 
you can keep on them and get the butter from the duck. And I'm like, what? And he's like, oh, you don't understand that one, so I'm gonna get your goat. And I'm like, man, come on, you gotta stop with all this old stuff. But at that moment, that's one of those things that are surreal, because even as babies, you look for relationships like that, and you go through life and you have so many failed relationships. I was fortunate enough to meet this man and we never had a bad moment. Like, it was just, if I had to deem something perfect, it was perfect. And he left here knowing that although his immediate family had passed and gone on, he had somebody here that genuinely loved him. I shared my family with him, you know. Mm -hmm. And some people would think the job or the jury or cars would be like a high point. But that's one high point. I actually have three. <laughs> Him, that's one. My two kids. Honestly, without my children, I wouldn't even be alive, I don't think. Because okay. I just don't think I would have anchored down to be what I am, you know. So that's that's it. Alright. Three good ones. Change of pace. <laughs> What's your favorite spot or place in LaGrange? Sneakerhead, so I love the mall. Okay. Even though we don't have a lot of stores to choose from. I was gonna say it's not a lot of those places, but yeah. But so I guess you can put me in the Hibbs or Jimmy okay. Jazz. Okay. I'm cool with that. Uh, favorite thing about living in or around Lagrange? Well, actually, now that I live out of Lagrange, I live in Pine Mountain. Okay. And my favorite thing about that is walking out on my front porch. Directly across the street from me are nothing but cows and donkeys. <laughs> and we just sit out there and we just watch the animals eat, graze, whatever. It's just peaceful. And I'm like, this is where you're supposed to be at when you're in your 60s, when you retire. I'm there now. So I'm enjoying that. Cool. Uh, hidden gem in LaGrange that no one else knows about. Hmm. Things have changed so drastically mm -hmm. in the last 10 years. It's really hard to say. Before all of the changes came about, though. Okay, we'll go with that. We had a hidden gym. It was over on Daniel Street. And it was called, I want to say it was called Cat's Park. No, I'm sorry, Caveman Park. Okay. It was just a hard basketball court with the old school basketball rims. I think they were made out of metal with the backboard and everything. Mm -hmm. I gotcha. And it was open. But that was the gym, like, we could go there as kids, it didn't cost anything, it was in walking distance, and there were one, two, three, there were four goals out there, so if you didn't want to play a whole court game or whatever, there were four different goals that you could just go and shoot around at, mm -hmm. and you got to see other things in the midst of being there, so I said that was the hidden gym. Okay, not sure it's still there, but hey. The court part is, but the goals are no longer there. Cause I, I think they're gonna revitalize that area. Okay, I was wondering, what's the point of a court with no gold, with no yeah. meth loops? Yeah, I think they're gonna revitalize that area, so. Gotcha, all right. 
All right, random questions for fun. What are you most excited about right now, Anthony? I'm most excited about the fact that today is $1 Thursday and I'm sitting here doing a podcast. And I'm floored because I've never done a podcast before. All right. <laughs> I can honestly say I've never had that answer. All right. Um, who's your favorite musical artist and why? Right now, I would have to say... I would have to say T.I., which a lot of people may not like rap music, but he is one of the few rappers who has figured out how to come from something mm -hmm. and turn it into something else and then reach back because he spends more time in the communities trying to smooth things over, so to speak, or be, the, be a voice for people that normally wouldn't be heard. Mm -hmm. And that is the reason I even listen to his music. Because, okay. Yeah. All right. Good answer. What's your favorite food? Don't judge me. I'm 41. <laughs> I love pizza. Pepperoni, bacon, extra cheese. Okay. Pineapple or no? No. Never had it. Not on a pizza. I've never... Never tried it? No. Never? Never. Yeah. Are you opposed to trying it, or you just never had the opportunity? I've just never tried it. Like, my taste buds are set, and I don't want to ruin it, because what if I eat it, and it's the worst thing ever now? I don't like pizza anymore. Oh, okay. I got you. you All know? right. <laughs> okay. See, I love pineapple on pizza. My wife does, too. It's... I've never... Pineapples are fruit. They're meant to be eaten off to the side. Okay. And chilled, not hot on pizza. You eat pizza cold, right? No. No. Cold pizza is one of the delicacies in this world. I've I missed out. <laughs> See, I, I prefer cold pizza to warm pizza, actually. Oh, my. No. Oh. <laughs> All right. Favorite beverage? Dr. Pepper. And when I can't get a Dr. Pepper, Mr. Pibb. Mr. Pibb, all right. Yeah. All right. Now, you can interpret this in a lot of ways. If you didn't do this, what would you be doing? When you say this, I'm going to assume that you're talking about $1 Thursday. Now, that's why, that's why I said you can interpret it in a lot of different ways. Okay. So. Um, but, yeah, since that's the focus of this. If I wasn't doing one dollar Thursday or get fed for that matter, I don't know what I would be doing because this is like I'm that guy who's very simple. Like I graduated high school. I knew I knew college wasn't a thing for me. But in a nutshell, I guess I would be cutting hair at a barbershop somewhere because I would still be able to connect to the people. Okay. You know, because I don't meet strangers, and I love being able to shed light on situations for kids and even some older people. So I think I would be cutting hair somewhere probably for free just to have people come in so I could talk with them. Yeah. That's a great answer. All right, Anthony. Is there anything I should have asked you in this interview, but I didn't? Yeah, starting out, you should have asked me how old I was and... What's the deal with all the tattoos? 
See, being a tattooed gentleman myself, I don't like, I hate when people ask to see my tattoos. I hate when they ask about them. Yeah. But I, I, because of that, I don't like to focus on other people's tattoos. Okay. But all right. Well, would you like to talk about your tattoos? I would love to. Sure. I mean, I started getting tattooed when I was 16. And, you know, that's not even a legal age. Mm -hmm. But I had an aunt that was willing to go with me to sign the paperwork. So I got it. First one was my name. And I thought to myself, that is the dumbest thing ever. <laughs> so, of course, I went back to the lab and I started to really put thought into it. Now, my right arm is dedicated to the services that I provide in the community, which is Get Fed. And instead of me doing our traditional logo, I have the loaves of bread along with the fish. Okay. And here is the state of Georgia. Okay. UNLG, which stands for United Leaders of Georgia. Mm -hmm. And it kind of turns into a mural for my grandmothers that have passed away, my first daughter that passed away. And on the inside, because I've had so many run-ins with, I'm not going to say bad police, I'm just going to say with police that overly policed, I feel like it was me against the world in a lot of instances. Okay. And the hands reaching down from what deemed to be the sky is... God's way of reaching down to pull my daughter up. Okay. Um, here you see Daddy's little girl, a little bundle of joy right there. And on the back side of my arm, I have what's, what's said to be God's son. I have son on one arm and God on the other. Okay. Because that's like one of my adopted names. Mm -hmm. And over here, because I, I believe in God 100%. Mm-hmm. I have walked with me, and then it's a picture of what we depict Jesus to look like dragging a crucifix. And then it goes into the full stance of the crucifixes. Mm -hmm. And over here, only God can judge me. Okay. A lot of people say, well, that's Tupac. No. Honestly, only God can judge me. Man thinks he can judge me, but it doesn't matter what man thinks. It's God, you know. And, of course, I talked about level up a little bit. And... I have the crown with the cross here, and my son, AJ, right here. My daughter, Charlotte Grace, she's here with me now, you know. Mm -hmm. And here, my wife, she's like, let's do ring tattoos for our wedding bands. I'm like, okay, cool. Well, I did that, and then I got scolded for not ever wearing my wedding band. But the tree symbolizes the family tree. Okay. And the two birds are my two daughters that are now in heaven. Okay. And... I have so many, like, I'm completely covered. Okay. The three on my neck here are the most recent, and they're three crucifixes. I did one for the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And it's just because I truly believe in God. Like, mm -hmm. some people say, well, you talk about God too much. I feel like if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be here at all. All of the experiences that I've been through, I would not be alive if it wasn't for that. And then again, my best friend, Norris Burton, mm -hmm. a.k.a. Mr. Crunchy, mm -hmm. passed away at 96 years old. He's wow. on my heart. So on my stomach, I have a phoenix rising from the ashes. And I actually got that tattoo in 2008 when I started my new job. Okay. So in a nutshell, that's it. That's a lot of tattoos. Yeah, I'm covered. <laughs> <laughs> well, had I known you wanted to talk about them, I would have asked you. <laughs> I just figured that's an easy way because most people, as soon as they see me, they start out and say, hey, ooh, you got a lot of tattoos. They forget to finish speaking to me, and then I have to talk about them. So. Okay.
Was there anything else I should have asked you but didn't? Um, I, yeah, yeah. You could have asked me, how can you help One Dollar Thursday be better? Ooh, good question. Good question. How can I help One Dollar Thursday be better? You could put the word out. Get people that may not see videos that I post to see them. You have a platform. Put my name in their ear. I'm not coming to them begging for anything. If they don't donate anything, that's fine. I just want them to look. If they look and see, it'll touch their heart. They may not, they still may not believe in me enough to donate to me, but I feel like it will make them go out and do something on their own. This has been Anthony Talley, community organizer and originator of One Dollar Thursday. Thank you, Anthony. Thank you. Well, that was the interview. I hope you enjoyed listening. If you like what you heard, show your support with a $4 donation on www.patreon.com forward slash Lagrange. Don't forget to follow on social media and leave us a comment and review on whatever podcast platform you listened on. If you enjoyed the podcast, please consider sharing it with someone else you think will enjoy it as well. Email me your thoughts on today's show at earlgbarnett at gmail.com. Subscribe and like wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a comment for bonus points. Follow at Earl Barnett on Twitter, at Earl G. Barnett on Instagram. Follow the podcast at Hey LaGrange on Twitter and Instagram. Thanks again for listening. Enjoy your week, and remember that creativity takes courage. <laughs>